Hi, I'm New England Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ James White, and you're listening to the Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. Go Pats! your applause. None needed. We were going to get there eventually. We're here. What the hell is going on with this guy? <laughs> now, I don't know if he's, if he's just a bit of a dick or if it's just like a, like a Dallas Cowboys thing. That could be taken a bunch of different ways. Like this. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another new episode of Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. It's your host, as always. What is going on? Big episode today. The one you've been waiting for. My my baby, the 20 League, the breakdown of the draft. I'm going to kick the teams at Mark, see what he thinks. Ready to break it down. Yeah, I heard uh, rumors, rumors from the rumor mill came down. You guys had a very competitive draft. Is this true? Uh, I mean, this is my fourth or fifth draft so far this season, and it was by far the most difficult, challenging, and competitive draft I've been a part of. Uh, it wasn't only me that felt this way. A lot of people were talking about it in the chat during the draft. It, it was very interesting. It's going to be a very, very interesting season. Uh, everybody's team is pretty solid, so. But, you know, we'll leave that to see what uh, what you think. We'll see what you think about the teams. Yep. Now, interestingly enough, it seems like we got some kind of, like, fucking blood rivalry between the FG and the FFC 20 leagues because both sides seem to think that they have the more competitive league, so. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where your guys' teams stack up. But before we get into that, real quick, we're gonna go over a couple news topics. Now, the first one is Zeke and Mel. Don't need to spend a lot of time here. Neither of them have showed up. Last we heard, Melvin Gordon sitting on the couch waiting for a phone call to get more money, and Zeke at least showed up back in Dallas, and he was offered a contract. A contract made highest paid running back in the NFL, but he has not signed anything to our knowledge. Do you have any more information on this? Uh, nope, I do not. None at all. Well, that was quick. Now let's go to the, to the big story. So let me paint you the picture real quick. So last weekend, I was in vacation. I was up north, up in the cabin in the woods, and my phone almost broke with notifications. So it turns out we had a big time retirement happen over the weekend. If you want what it was about. 
Oh, yeah. Andrew Luck, one of my all-time favorite fantasy quarterbacks. Hanging it up early. Uh, so, basically, just a quick story about this from my perspective. Uh, last week at work, I'm talking to a couple of my buddies, and uh, I'm telling them all, man, I'm, my quarterback situation's hurting. Tim Newton just went down. He sprained his foot. Andrew Luck's banged up. We should be ready for week one. And then... As soon as that news broke, the Andrew Luck retired, my phone just exploded with people like, oh, hey, you're screwed now. You got no quarterbacks. Yeah, it's just like, it's tough, man. You know, Andrew Luck, I loved watching him play. I know he was, I don't want to say he was a rivalry with New England because he really wasn't. It wasn't like the Peyton Manning days, but he was a fun player to watch. And he was extremely talented. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad to see somebody like that retire early. But, you know, it's his decision. It's his career, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck, I don't think anybody will argue that he's a good dude, a uh, really bright kid, and he just he just couldn't stay healthy. So you get to that point where he even said he just wasn't enjoying the game anymore, and how essentially he made a promise to himself that if he's not enjoying football, then he's not going to and he's going to put his body... To, to have his priority, to have a, like a better life decision, so you can't believe his career was ultimately cut short, especially when people felt the Colts were on the verge of doing something special this season. So that's definitely uh, definitely hurts for the Colts fans. But when he got booed off the field, I'm kind of surprised. Like I understand your frustration, but I mean he's making like a like a life decision. Like you, you just gotta you gotta applaud your guy for putting him putting himself putting his health first, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the fact they're upset, and it's kind of like they weren't expecting it. it they just kind of dropped it on them. I, I think maybe the Colts could have handled it a little bit differently. Maybe not announce it while he's on the field during a preseason game. Maybe let him do it himself after the game in a press conference. I, I don't know. It seemed a, it was a little weird how they handled that, but uh, yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck must feel like shit. <laughs> Everybody in that crowd just booing him off the field. That's, that's pretty awful, to be honest. Um, yeah. And, but honestly, I mean, it's not like it. For fantasy-wise, though, the fantasy standpoint, not only with Luck gone, I mean, that there goes one of the elite quarterbacks. But now it's going to affect T.Y. Hilton. It's going to affect Marlon Mack. It's going to affect Eric Ebron. It's, that, it's like a domino effect right now with him retiring. Yeah, it, it really is. Now, I mean, now they're going to be rolling with Jacoby Brissett. Now, Jacoby Brissett is, is a pretty good quarterback. He's not Andrew Luck good. He's still viable, but that is going to change things for T.Y. Hilton in a big way. And now it makes uh, Marlon Mack much more of a question mark because are the Colts going to be one of the top scoring offenses in the league now without? I don't know. I don't think so. It hurts those guys, though, for sure. I mean, T.Y. Hilton probably has the most, uh, gets the most repercussion from it. But, I mean, all we can really do is see what happens. I mean, it kind of came at a weird time. I mean, week three of the preseason, like, this was a decision that would have been better for, I mean, all of those fantasy players, it would have been better if it started before preseason even happened. But the fact that it happened this late in the preseason, got to kind of see what Jacoby Brissett looks like and try to gauge it with one week preseason left. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I mean, this is why 
you like you commissioners out there, you want to plan your fancy draft as late as possible because anything can happen. It's not just injuries; players retiring, it it gets wild. So that's why, like that, my my league, our league, the one we're in, is uh, going for six years. And every year I do a Liberty weekend. So the last weekend you can do it before before the season starts. That's the way you got to do it. Yep, but I mean, I think that's. I think that's pretty much it for our news and Andrew Luck discussion. I mean, good luck to Andrew Luck, the guy outside of football. Bring about him again. So I think it's about time we jump right into this draft recap. Sounds good to me. Okay, so why don't you tell everybody how we're going to be doing this? All right, so what we're going to do is I've written down every team in the order they were drafted, the 1 through 12. I wrote out the lineup, the, in my opinion, the potential starting lineup for each you. And then I did, like, just the three, you know, more important bench players in each squad. So I'm not going to go through every single roster spot. I'm not talking defenses, much on kickers, obviously. And then I'm going to basically just tell you the teams, and I want you to just give me the feedback. I have a couple notes, you know, written down on, on each team, but let's get your perspective, like I did for your league. Just let me hear it. Let these guys hear it. And then I'll throw in my... Okay. Uh, yeah, so why don't you just get right into it and start with team one and give me... Their best starting lineup and a couple of bench players. All right, so the first team, the first team we got is uh, Josh Riley's team. Quarterback Pat Mahomes. Then you go Saquon Barkley, Tariq Cohen, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Flexing Sammy Watkins, most likely. Tight end Joku. and then bench you're looking at Metcalf, Corey Davis, and Rojo. Ooh, uh, I mean, the first thing that sticks out, obviously, is the running backs. Now, Saquon Barkley, and that's pretty much a no-brainer at this point, especially with Zeke still a question mark. But then waiting until it looks like the end of the sixth round to get your RB2, you got stuck with Cohen. That big red flag for me. Cohen, you can get away with maybe in a flex position, but having him as your RB2... That's ugly. Now, this is a three-wide receiver league, right? Yes. Okay, so like you said, starting Keenan Allen, Galladay, and Cup. That's solid. I mean, Keenan Allen, they're saying that he'll be fine for week one, so that that's, goes in your favor. Galladay, I mean, he's a pretty decent wide receiver too. And Cup, I mean, he Cup is kind of touchdown or bust in that offense with all those weapons. But, I mean, Cup, I mean, he's a solid three. He was a monster until he got hurt last year. And then... Flex and walk it. Now, I ended up, maybe you feel a little better about it because you do have you kind of got a stack there. But I wouldn't really feel good with flex and walk-ins. But with the rest of this roster, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to flex Metcalf or Davis or Rojo? I mean, maybe one day Rojo can get in there, but right now you definitely can't. So I have problems with the RB2 and I have problems with the flex, but it's not catastrophic. The Cohen as the RB2, though, is a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, the notes I wrote for this team was week 
RBs and flex. Um, I see Cohen as more of a flex option. I think he's a perfect flex candidate. But as an RB2, I'm not really feeling. Uh, but overall, yeah, no, you said it. Not bad team. The flex and run backs, though. All right, so team two, Army Life. We go Matt Ryan, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, then we got Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Flexing Carry on Johnson, tight end Eric Ebron, and then on the bench you're looking at Kenyon Drake, Jalen Samuels, and Kiki. Uh, well, I can tell from the way that you've read off this team, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say he started off his draft going what three running backs in a row, Montgomery and. Carry on. So what? Carry on was probably in the late second. David Johnson was. I mean, not David Johnson. David Montgomery was in the third. Uh, actually, it went vice versa. <laughs> David Montgomery was a second round pick, two eleven, and Carry on Johnson was a three two. David Montgomery went in the second round. Second round. Holy. Hey, I mean, you got you got to take your guy, but I mean, holy shit. <laughs> okay, so. But still, I mean, you can say that that was a reach, but, I mean, he's going to be having Kamara, Carrion, and Montgomery in the flex. That That's a really nice three running backs right there. Receivers? Oh, man. Like, you guys know I'm a Chris Godwin guy. Love me some Chris Godwin. I am actually fairly comfortable having Godwin as my wide receiver one if you have good running backs to show for it. He has good running backs probably could have been a little better because David Montgomery in the second round, I mean, you can argue you probably should have took a guy like uh, like a Damian Williams or even Fournette. Like a player like that, you probably could have got in that spot and you probably could have got Montgomery a little later. So I think the Montgomery pick was a reach, but I just like the player. It's just I don't like the value you got him. Taking Montgomery in the second round, that kind of sucks all the value out of him. Because, I mean, how good do you think uh, David Montgomery is really this year? Like, you think he's going to be better like, like a Damian Williams or Fournette or Naron Jones or even Carryon Johnson? So, I think that took away Montgomery's value by taking him. But get back to the wide receivers. I love me some Godwin. I'm cool with him being a one. I'm not ecstatic about it, but it's doable. Calvin Ridley at the two. I mean, you got the Matt Ryan stack. So that I don't have Ridley as a three, but as a two, I mean, you can probably get by with it. But then Corlin Sutton at the wide receiver three. Sutton looked pretty good in prison. Emergence of, of a 32-year-old Emmanuel Sanders looking as good as he does. I don't know how good I feel about Sutton being the wide receiver three. And uh, who would you say? No, the flex would be Montgomery or Carrion. So those are the three receivers. Eric Ebron, I mean... The Colts tight ends, that is so up in the air right now without Andrew Luck. It could actually benefit Eric Ebron because we don't really know necessarily what uh, what Jacoby Brissett's uh, preferences are. Uh, we had a small sample size of Brissett as the starting quarterback, so that could be interesting. It could actually play in your favor at this point, but that's still yet to be seen. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the Montgomery pick was a reach. The wide receivers, the wide receiver two and three, is on, on the weaker side. But all in all, I mean, I do like your three running backs. It's just I feel like you could have probably got a better big three if you would have waited. Uh, yeah, the notes I made for Army Life's team, 
Uh, it's a great team. I think he's definitely going to be a contender. But receiver three. Uh, Sutton has a ton of upside. I do kind of favor Emmanuel Sanders a little bit more, especially the value he's going at. But I do like Sutton. Uh, Ebron, I do think he's probably the only Colt that won't be as affected with luck retirement. I think he'll still be uh, a red zone target. And, um, yeah, no, I, I think Bob Life has a very good team. I like it. Uh, like I said, receiver three. Just to, just to give you a quick little number, though, right? The first three rounds of this draft, it was 22 running backs taken. So, I mean, and, and they didn't all go the way you would think. They're like, all of them went, but some of the positions are a little... Uh, okay, so, the third team, Justin Whitehead's team. Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, Alshon Jeffrey, Flexing, Josh Jacobs, tight end is Trey Burton, bench, Will Fuller, LaShawn McCoy, Terrell Williams. I love my backs. McCaffrey, Mixon, and Flexing, Josh Jacobs. That, see, I like that three running back with an Army Life's combo. Um, the wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, again, a huge X factor now with Jacoby Brissett and not Andrew Luck. We don't know. Uh, T.Y. Hillen hasn't been able to put up wide receiver one numbers isn't there and T.Y. Hillen's already not a big time touchdown guy so Andrew Luck kind of boosted him up a little bit because T.Y. Hillen was always a threat in the league in receiving yards when Andrew Luck was there I don't know how good he's going to be with Jacoby Brissett so because of that news that makes T.Y. Hillen shakier for me I wouldn't feel good with him as my uh, wide receiver one Mike Williams as the wide receiver, too. Um, a huge touchdown guy last season. Uh, Keenan Allen seems to be healthy and coming back. But with no Melvin Gordon, there'd be even more target. So I'm not mad at the Mike Williams. I probably would feel with Mike Williams as my wide receiver, three. As a two, I think it's fairly decent. Alshon Jeffries at the three. I'm not an Alshon guy. But if Wentz is really healthy and he's been looking pretty then I can see a world where Jeffries can pull down like seven or eight touchdowns. I don't think the yards will necessarily be there for him this year just because uh, Philly has a lot of options over there now. But Alshon's always been a good red zone target for Wentz. So I'm not mad at Alshon as wide receiver three. Then uh, a tight end, Trey Burton at the tight end. Oh, man, that turns my stomach. I was so high on Trey Burton last year. He let me down so hard. The funny thing is he let me down a decent amount of touchdowns last year. It's just he wasn't involved in Mitchell Trubisky. He fucking sucked. So if Mitchell Trubisky continues to look as bad as he does in camp right now, then Trey Burton could be in for another headache of a season. So if I had this team, I'd definitely be looking on the wire to try to find maybe another tight end. But the fact that Trey Burton was drafted, then that means that uh, that tight ends might have actually gotten picked up in this draft. There might be some teams with two of them. If not, I don't see why Trey Burton was necessarily – now, looking at the quarterbacks, uh, Russell Wilson. Now, I'm not a big Russell. Russell Wilson's efficiency with his passing touchdowns was historical. You can argue that that should or could at least come down. He's not a mobile quarterback. He doesn't run anymore, and they just love the grand pound game with Chris Carson. So, I don't feel great about Russell Wilson as a quarterback, but it looks like he got who, – who did he back him up with again? 
Who do you back up, Russell Wilson? Yeah. Josh Allen. All right, so Josh Allen was a superstar at the end of last year. That's a guy who's not afraid to run, and he'll try to hurdle linebackers. Like, the fucking guy's crazy. But crazy is good for fantasy, so I'm glad that you at least got a good fan. Saying Josh Allen's a good quarterback, I'm glad you got a good fantasy quarterback to back up Russell Wilson in case Russell Wilson comes out of the gate pretty slow, which is definitely a possibility. So, overall, my overall thoughts, great running backs. I don't see another big three running backs to top this one, in my opinion. If somebody does, I'll be surprised. I love that three. The wide receivers are shaky, especially with Andrew Luck news. And then the tight end is uh, is like a plate of hot steam and garbage. Yeah, uh, the notes I made for this team is uh, tight end. Tight end is definitely a weakness. Uh, there was a few teams that drafted two tight ends. But um, there's got to be somebody on the wire uh, to replace Burton. I mean, but maybe you like Burton. I don't know. There was good depth there with and John Brown on the bench. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty similar team. I just think tight end is definitely going to be a weakness. All right, so going to the fourth spot, John Solo. We got Jared Goff, Zeke Elliott. Damian Williams, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd at receiver. Then flexing out Duke Johnson, tight end Hunter Henry. And then on the bench, you're looking at Marvin Jones, Darwin Thompson, Naheem Hines. Well, you said he's picking out John Solo, picked out of the four spot. So he went at four. I respect that. If I was drafting today and had the fourth pick, I'd probably still go Zeke, even though we don't know if he's even going to play week one at this point. It's, the season's creeping around the corner. It's like two weeks away. So something has got to give with Zeke. And I mean, he got the second highest paid contract, so we'll see how petty he is if he's actually going to still say no and want more than Todd Gurley. So we'll see what happens. So the Zeke pick, I'm still a fan of. So I'm going to rate this team as if Zeke was playing week one because I like Zeke. Zeke Damian Williams, I think that is one hell of a fucking one-two punch. I'm sure you saw at the Chiefs preseason game, you saw Damian Williams take that little wheel route, fucking 65 yards to the house. Yeah, no, Damian Williams looked pretty damn good. So that's a hell of a RB2 right there. Yeah, I think I think people are still afraid to draft Damian Williams just because they, they love him this rookie. They think Carlos Hyde can still play. I'm not convinced Carlos Hyde's even going to make the team. And... Uh, uh, what was uh, slipping my mind right now? What's the rookie? Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson, yep. Darwin Thompson, I mean, he, he looks okay, but he doesn't look anything special. You can argue Damian Williams doesn't look special, but sit there trying to convince me that when he catches the ball with space, he doesn't look special. Uh, he, he broke away from those defenders, and he split a couple tackles, and I'm still, I'm still in on Damian Williams. I think that if he holds that job, he's going to be a top 10 running back, so Getting him as your uh, RB2, I think, is now the receivers. Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd. That That's a really solid one, two, three. I mean, Boyd over there, Metcalf had the, the minor knee surgery. They're saying he they don't know about him for week one. But Tyler Lockett has been fantastic the last couple of years. So if you're a believer that Russell Wilson can do it again and put up that otherworldly touchdown efficiency, then... Then, then there's no issue with having Lockett, especially as a two. Then Tyler Boyd, starting your wide receiver three. Tyler Boyd, now 
he is better with AJ Green on the field. He showed that he's good, not great when he's the number one option. But what takes another step forward this season? So a good three, four weeks to prove that he's a really good wide receiver in this league without it. And then if he just can't necessarily and AJ Green should be back in about a month or so, and then Tyler Boyd will go back to being the number two over there where he flourished in that offense. So having Tyler Boyd as a wide receiver three, I think is uh is very good. I think that's a really good spot to have him in. Hunter Henry, I mean he's every he's like everybody's favorite, like low key. We haven't necessarily seen him do it. We've seen him do it in short little bursts. He's flashed a lot. Now that Antonio Gates is going, we'll see if he can stay healthy. More importantly, I mean the dude's just hasn't been able to play. But I do like Hunter Henry on this team. Flexing uh, Duke Johnson or Marvin Jones. I mean, I'm assuming, like you said, you're going to go in there with flexing uh, Duke Johnson. Now, uh, I'm still I'm still on the f- thoughts on Duke Johnson. Now, obviously, we all know Lamar Miller went down. And Lamar Miller is probably going to miss the whole year. But Duke Johnson really to be a three-down workhorse. And he hasn't necessarily been asked to be a three-down because he doesn't really have the body for it. Now, he's a really good pass catcher. But I'm not really sold as of today that the uh, that the Texans won't go out there and maybe sign another guy. Like, I don't know if they're going to try to use him as a three-down back. So the, having him in a flex is really appealing right now. But to be 100% honest, if I drafted if I drafted uh, Duke Johnson, I'd try to see if I could find somebody that's really high on him and maybe maybe try to package him and try to trade up. That's what I would do with Duke Johnson because I'm not sure if he's going to be able to handle the workload that he may be asked to handle over there. Um, and then, I mean, nice bench depth. I mean, you said he's going to be starting Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff, I mean, he, he was top eight last year. There's no reason why he can't finish top ten again, so I like that. And then the bench has some some nice options on it. So I, do, I did notice uh, draft Darwin Thompson also. So he kind of got the backup to Damian Williams in case that whole thing goes south. So that makes me like the Damian Williams pick. You know, I don't necessarily think that Thompson's going to be a threat. I think Williams won't have a problem holding that job because Patrick Mahomes absolutely loves throwing it to run them back. So when you have an offense that high flying, you know they're going to score a ton of points. So overall, I do like this team. Uh, the wide receivers, not great, but but very good. Running backs, the one-two of Zeke and Williams, fantastic. Upside tight end. And uh, the flex is a bit of a question, but there is a world where Duke Johnson can become a, a RB2 in that offense if he gets to win. So I actually like this team a lot. I think John Solo did good out of the four spot. Yeah, I like this team also. It's very solid. Uh, the only question I would say would be Zeke. Yeah, like it, we don't we still don't know what's going on with this guy. So obviously, anytime you take him in the first round, it's going to be a risk. But if he does sign, he, it's going to pay off greatly. Um, I like the receiver group. Tyler Boyd in the receiver three. That that's pretty good. Uh, I actually I actually like Duke Johnson a lot. Uh, I think. Especially, I mean, even I mean, this is not point PPR, but still, I mean, he's going to have a, a pretty big year. The Texans basically came out and said they're going to give him all the work he can handle, so he's going to get a lot of touches. Uh, yeah, but no, overall, overall, I like this team. I think him taking Darwin Thompson was more of a handcuff 
for Damian Williams, which is smart. There was a few of us in this in this draft that got key handcuffs to our running back. So I think John Solo did a, a pretty solid job. Another solid team in this league. So next up is uh, Joshua 85's team. And it starts off with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Then he goes Chris Carson, Devontae Freeman, DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, Josh Gordon, Flexing Latavius Murray, tight end Mark Andrews, and then on the bench you're looking at Curtis Samuel, Matt Breida, and Tony Pollard. Okay, well, the first thing that pops out to me immediately is a Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack. And I'm going to keep it 100% real with you. I hate that stack. Lamar Jackson, really good fantasy quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he fucking set the NFL record for the most rushing attempts by a quarterback, and the dude didn't even start the whole year. But Mark Andrews does not look good. Um, The dude just, he's not standing out in preseason and camp. He's just, he's not grabbing that role like we all thought he would. He's not grabbing it running away. And that worries me a ton, especially having him as your starting tight end. This is another team where uh, maybe they got screwed and maybe they missed the tight end run when it happened. Or maybe uh, like later tight ends just weren't there. Like, Maybe the uh, like the Austin Hoopers or even though the Delaney Walkers and when this was drafted, I'd say the Jordan Reeds, but we all know no one's going to touch Jordan Reed now. But just, I to feel answer, like Mark- just to just to answer that question, Mark Andrews was taken at the ten eight, Eric Ebron ten eleven, Najoku ten twelve, Hooper twelve five, and yeah, that's I mean that's really it. No, that's that's way too early for Mark Andrews there. That's really buying into the hype. That was going on for probably like probably a few weeks or even a month ago when everyone was saying he could be a big time sleeper. I'm just not seeing it this year in that offense. I'm really not. So that's my first knock. I like I don't mind Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. I really don't. But Mark Andrews is a starting tight end. I despise that. I don't like that at all. Uh, let's get into the wide receivers because I am feeling the wide receivers. You got Hopkins, Robert Woods, and Josh Gordon as wide receiver three. That is that's a fantastic. Absolutely fantastic wide receiver core right there. I am curious, though, where was Josh Gordon drafted in this draft? Gordon was drafted at the 5-5. All right. All right. That's that's not that bad. And uh, in the FFC 50, I took Gordon. I think I got him in the end of the sixth. But he's just going to keep on moving up boards with now he's off the non-injury. And he's in full pads over there now. So having Josh Gordon as your three, I think, is borderline stellar. We all know how good he was last season in New England when he didn't even get to play the whole season. And now coming back fully healthy, no hamstring issues, and hopefully with a clear head, then Josh Gordon could be a wide receiver. Like, he could be drafted as a wide receiver too, and I'm fine with it. The fact that you got him as your three behind Hopkins and Woods, that's fantastic. Josh crushed his wide receivers. Now let's talk about the running backs. Uh, hearing the team, I'm a little confused because you said his his – Running backs were Chris Carson, Devontae Freeman, and Latavius Murray, right? Yep. So does that mean he took Devontae Freeman in the second round? Chris Carson, 2 8. Wow. So wow. Chris Carson, Chris Carson and David Montgomery went in the second round in this draft. That was the first for me. Wow, I, I haven't I haven't been in a draft or a mock draft where Chris Carson was drafted in the second round. So that that is very surprising to me. So that wait, so does that mean Chris Carson went before 
like Joe Mixon and the Carry On Joss, Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Damian Williams group? Chris Carson went 2-8, Joe Mixon 2-10, Montgomery 2-11, Carry On 3-2, Jacobs 3-3, Damian Williams 3-4, and then you got Freeman at 3-5, Fournette 3-6, Aaron Jones 3-7, Tony Michelle 3-9, which that's early for Sony. It, wow. I'm telling you, this draft, if, if they like somebody, they went and got them. I, I, I love it. I can tell, and I totally respect that. You have a feeling about a guy get your guy but the thing that i don't agree with is that taking your guy too early just to have him like i feel like you could have got chris carson in the next round same thing with the david montgomery pick i feel like you could have got montgomery around or maybe even two rounds later so i respect going to get your guy but you're kind of tapping out the value i mean chris carson in the second round i mean do we really think he's going to perform like that much better than a Damian Williams, carry on Johnson, like any of the people you mentioned in that group. If anything, he should be in the group with those guys. And you probably could have got a better second value. You probably could have got a better value on Carson. If you took him a little later, I know in a lot of the, a lot of the drafts that I've been doing, Carson has been kind of creeping up into the back of the third round, like around the, the three eleven, three twelve. but him at the two eight, I mean, Holy shit. That is early, but still, it's early, yeah, but the running back core, let's look at it. Chris Carson, Devontae uh, Freeman, and Latavius Murray. I don't have a problem with Latavius Murray in the flex. I mean, I think he'll he'll be similar to what Mark Ingram was. I don't think he'll necessarily be as good as Mark Ingram was. I know everything out of New Orleans is that they're not giving carry on, not carry on, they're not giving uh, Kamara more work than he was getting, but I can't help but see Kamara getting at least a little uptick with no Ingram there. And I do think Latavius Murray will still be a factor. So I don't mind Murray in the flex. Devontae Freeman, he's healthy right now. We'll see if he can hold up. If he can hold up, then that that's a great RB too, if he can hold up. Then the Chris Carson at the one. It's just, I don't feel great about it. I mean, Carson's like the guy for all you DFS players out there, you DraftKings FanDuel players. Chris Carson is like your cash game guy. Chris Carson is a lock for touches. You know, he's going to get a ton of carries. He's probably going to get the ball. Like He's probably going to run the ball about 22, 25 times a game. So he's one of the really safe picks. But I feel like his upside is kind of capped. So having him in fantasy football as my one, I don't feel great about. But then again, he's kind of a guy where you can't really go wrong where you take him because you know you're going to get the volume. So he's a good volume play. But I just feel like that is early and that's tapping on his volume. A and that's tapping out his value a lot. Um... Yeah, then I already talked about the tight end. Don't like the tight end at all. Pretty good bench depth. I mean, you got uh, Breda and you got Tony Pollard, which we don't know anything about Pollard yet. We don't know what's going to happen with the Zeke situation. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, the running back core is okay. It's not great. The wide receivers are absolutely fantastic. And the tight end worries me even more than Trey Burton. Yeah, nah, I hear you. Uh, for this team, I said the same. I mean, quarterback, I, I, I'm a Lamar Jackson guy, but I feel more comfortable with him as like a stash plate and see how he pans out. I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket right off the rip because it, he could bust. So uh, that I would, I would try to get another quarterback, um, you know, just in case. Flex option, I, I like Latavius Murray, but I'm not really sold as him as a flex. I think Kamara. He's going to have a much bigger role compared to what he had when Ingram was in town. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson in the second. When Chris Carson went in the second, it was just like people people were like shocked. And then when Amelie followed up with Montgomery in the second, I think pretty much everybody was saying, yeah, that's like the first time those two guys went in the second round. But like I was saying, I respect it. If, if you have a guy you're, you're high on, throw the friggin' rankings list out the window and just go with your gut. So I, I got a lot of respect for that. I like that. Um, yeah, the trio at receiver is just crazy. I mean, Robert Woods at the two, Josh Gordon at the three, and, and D-Hop at the one. I mean, that's that's great. Uh, I'm not as low on Mark Andrews as you are. I think in that Baltimore offense, I think he will be the guy that will be more consistent. I think there's a lot of inconsistent receivers over there, and and the other tight ends are mainly blockers. So I do think Mark Andrews will be okay. But I think uh, I think there could have been better options. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Josh has a has a pretty solid team. But uh, there's some room for improvement. So next, the sixth spot, we're going Peak Morris. He starts off with Deshaun Watson, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Brandon Cook, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson at receiver, flexing out probably Jordan Howard. Tight end is Travis Kelsey. And the bench shows in life is Gerald Peyton Barber, Jamison Crowder. Uh, I really I like Peak Morris's starting running backs. I, I I'm a believer. I think David Johnson. I mean, he's all right now. Let's let's cut right through the bullshit. David Johnson does not look good in preseason right now. That offensive line looks like a tragedy. But I'm hoping that once the regular season kicks off, they open up the playbook more and they have more well-designed plays to get him in space. I believe David Johnson is going to catch like borderline record-breaking number of receptions for a running back this year. I think he's going to be used a ton in checkdowns with Murray. So I do like David Johnson a lot. Having him paired with Fournette, Fournette is another humongous bounce-back candidate. I like Fournette a lot. Uh, I'm borderline having too much Fournette exposure in season-long leagues. But in the third round where this guy was being drafted really early last year, and even his rookie year, he was getting drafted high. I mean, he's going to be involved more in the passing game. He's a proven, capable workhorse running back as long as he stays healthy. And he seems to be in really good shape, so he seems ready to go. So I really like the David Johnson, Leonard Fournette combo. The wide receivers, I mean, Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore, and A-Rob. I like Brandon Cooks. He's probably my second favorite Rams receiver. Uh, DJ Moore, I know that's your guy, so I know you have no problem with it. Having DJ Moore as your two, I think, is okay. I feel good about DJ Moore being my three, but as my two, I'd say it's all right. And then Allen Robinson is the three. Allen Robinson is a very talented receiver, but he hasn't necessarily shown it since his big year in Jacksonville. Now, he had some flash games last year with the Bears, and some people think the Bears' offense is going to be good this year. I think Allen Robinson's only going to bring you as far as Mitchell Trubisky can go. Mitchell Trubisky has not looked good. I mean, he really hasn't. So hopefully, again, hopefully this is uh, like a vanilla offense situation where they're not necessarily necessarily going full tilt right now. So hopefully they have some better plays in that playbook to try to utilize Allen Robinson more because A-Rob's definitely their best wide receiver. And he's capable of being like a like a high-end RB2 if all the ships fall into place. But right now, they just haven't really fallen in place in Chicago. But he's your three. So the three, I mean, 
that's you could do worse as your wide receiver three. Deshaun Watson, I mean, now that Luck's out of the picture, Watson should be able to be like a top four quarterback fairly easily if he can stay healthy. So I have no problems with Watson there. And then Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey is a fucking rock star. That's a lock and load, and he's going to be the tight end one bearing injury. So you got to love the Kelsey there. And for drafting Kelsey, I'm going to assume in the second round because he doesn't really get out of the second round. Uh, being, being able to put together a really solid roster around Kelsey can be challenging for some players. I think he did a fairly good job. Now, does his wide receiver core take a hit? I believe it does. But having Kelsey, when nobody else has a guy to Kelsey's uh, Kelsey's talent level, uh, that'll give you an edge every week. So I, I think this team is solid. Oh, I, I forgot to mention the flex. Jordan Howard in the flex. I think Jordan Howard in the flex could be good, but short term. Miles Sanders has been looking so good in preseason and showing that he's a better rounded running back than what Jordan Howard is. Miles Sanders can catch the ball. Miles Sanders is way more elusive. And I just think he's more of a versatile running back. So I do think Miles Sanders will take that starting job. I do think, however, it'll always be a committee. But to start the year, I think Howard will probably get the majority of the share. Maybe like a maybe like a 65-35 split, something like that. But I do see that flipping by midseason. So if I had Howard in my flex, I'd be sitting back praying for a big couple weeks. And then I'd be looking to ship him off as fast as I can to try to bring in somebody that's more established in their offense. Somebody that's going to have more of a secured uh, role in the backfield. So all in all, I think that this team is uh, is pretty solid. There's definitely a couple question marks I have, mainly the wide wide receivers in the flex. But I do think, however, it could be salvageable. Maybe a couple roster moves, a trade or two. And I think that this team could be pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you pretty much touched on all the points I was going to bring up. Uh, for drafting Kelsey, you put together a pretty solid team around him. Uh, I like Allen Robinson as a receiver three. I think that's that's a really, really good spot for him. Uh, Jordan Howard, the, the flex is the only thing that concerns me. I I do like Jordan Howard, but I, I there's just so many running backs in Philly. And the fact that they drafted Sanders, I feel like they're going to try to – to make him the guy, so I think it could be frustrating having Jordan Howard this year. But uh, I mean, overall, yeah, it, it's a pretty, pretty solid team looking at it on paper. Uh, all right, so moving on to B Star 17's team out of the seventh spot. His team is Baker Mayfield, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, Jarvis Landry, flexing out Tevin Coleman, tight end Vance McDonald. And then on the bench, you're looking at Sterling Shepard, James Washington, and Tom Brady. Okay, so first off, first thing that sticks out to me is what uh, what pick did he have again? Seven. Seven. So he took Bell at seven. I think I'm uh, – like, I was always a Le'Veon Bell guy. I just haven't had the chance to draft him yet. But I'm starting to think Bell could even creep up boards a little more because that Jets offense with Sam Donald, it looks like Donald might have took a step forward. Donald looks good. Robbie Anderson still looks good. The adding of Jameson Crowder looks really good. And you add Le'Veon Bell to an offense that can actually move the ball with a fairly decent offensive line. I mean, it looks okay. But I'm starting to think Le'Veon Bell, man, he could have – 
he could have himself a good year over there. And a lot of people were kind of out on him because last year he screwed a ton of people. Trust me, I know. I was one of them. I'm multiple rosters. I was one of them. But I'm starting to think, if this Jets offense can actually move the ball and look as good as they're looking right now, then we all might need to go back and do a little recalibration on Le'Veon Bell. Because let me let me ask you this. I know this is kind of getting off the topic a little bit, but let me ask you this, right? David Johnson, unbelievably talented running back, right? Now, would you say Le'Veon Bell is, in when he was in Pittsburgh, would you say Le'Veon Bell was just about as talented as David Johnson? Uh, honestly, I think that Bell was a little bit more talented. Okay, so right now, I mean, if you look at both situations, right, you got rookie quarterback and Murray, mobile quarterback, looks pretty good. But Sam Donald is looking more like a, like a solid pocket passer, and he looks like he might actually be able to play the role really well. Both offensive lines are kind of shaky. And, like, you put, like, is there really that much of a difference between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell? Because it seems, I've never seen Le'Veon Johnson, <laughs> Le'Veon Johnson. I've never seen Le'Veon Bell get drafted over David Johnson this year. I'm starting to think that there might not be as big a difference as there is. And maybe we should start to consider moving Le'Veon Bell up a little bit. Because that offensive line, like I said, that offensive line over there in Arizona looks like absolute trash. And David Johnson hasn't looked good. Now, we haven't even seen Le'Veon Bell yet. We haven't seen him on the field yet. But there is there is a good scenario where Le'Veon Bell could finish over David Johnson. And that is not a stretch. No, I actually... The mock drafts I've been doing, I have a draft coming up where I'm picking out of the five spot. And I'm always looking at David Johnson and Bell. And uh, the last last couple of days, I've actually been going Bell over David Johnson. And David Johnson is my guy. But I, I'm, I'm starting to think, I'm starting to think Le'Veon's going to have a better year than David Johnson also. So I've been taking them over David Johnson in my mock drafts. It, it, it's funny because, like, me and you were on the same page with that one. It's just, the, the situations are similar, but it, should, it looks like the Jets' offense could be better than the Cardinals. I mean, you could argue that, I mean, the Jets, uh, you can argue the Jets have better wide receivers than the Cardinals, and I don't think many would disagree on that. I mean, with Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder, those are two, those are two, really, and then you got Quincy and Nunwa too. So you have three solid receivers over there, and then you add in basically another version of David Johnson with an elite pass catching running back. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, feel free to disagree, but I don't want to stay too long on this topic. Let's get right back into the team breakdown. But I'm trying to say I really like the Le'Veon Bell pick. You're uh, one, uh, RB2 with Aaron Jones. Uh, I don't. I still don't really know how I feel about Aaron Jones yet. Now, I liked him a lot last year with the suspension. You get him at a really good value. This year, I really expected that step forward. But they just haven't seen any signs of it yet. And I know they haven't showed us the full playbook of what this new Green Bay offense is going to look like. We haven't seen it. But the more that we go without seeing it, the more nervous it is starting to make me. Because, like, I need some reassurance. You know what I mean? I need to see Aaron Jones put it together. Because we haven't seen him put it together. The thing with Aaron Jones is he's been nursing an injury, so... He hasn't even – I don't even think he's suited up yet. So it goes both ways. You can either get nervous about it, like, oh, man, like, 
what's it going to look like, or you could potentially see it as value because people don't know what they're going to expect. I do like Aaron Jones. I have him on a couple leagues already. Uh, he ended up getting Aaron Jones in the third. I think he, I mean, actually not in this draft. This draft, running backs were flying off the board. But, I mean, Aaron Jones is usually like a fourth. He took him at 3-7. But, honestly, I'm not mad at that because he's his RB2. Yeah, but, see, like, like I understand what you're saying where you can look at it from the other side and that Aaron Jones is a value. But my question is, is, is he? Because like, he flashed last year, sure, but he never really separated himself to be the workhorse. He never really got an elite level of carries. And we don't know what this new offense looks like. We know that they still like Jamal Williams because Jamal Williams is a guy who doesn't fumble it and he's really good in pass pro. And he can get you a couple short yardage situations. He can he can smash it up the middle for two, three yards and try to save Aaron Jones a little bit. So I'm just saying, we haven't seen Aaron Jones do it yet. So with a guy like that, I understand taking risks and stuff. But when it comes to Aaron Jones, I don't know if I'd feel great about the risk on draft day. Now, depending on who went around him, I know you said that there was a big run of running backs in the uh, – in the third round, and a ton of runbacks are flying off the board. So your hand might have been forced at that point just to take one of the remaining running backs from that group. If that's the case, I understand it. But if there was other options on the board, I'd kind of like to know what those other options were to see if I would have won with Jones over them. Well, put it this way. Nine out of the 12 picks in the third round were running backs. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so if that's the case, then – you probably felt forced to go Aaron Jones there because he might not have made it back if running backs were that hot of a commodity. So I'm not mad at that with the draft situation. I'm just saying if I had him as my RB2, it's solid, but I'd probably look for another one of those running backs. But I don't know which ones were available still. So we'll move on from that. Aaron Jones is still a good RB2. Um, okay, so the flex, Tevin Coleman, you guys know in our uh, buy or sell show, I'm buying Coleman. I think Coleman is going to be a really good flex. Now, uh, some of you guys, your confidence might be wavered because you saw Matt Breida catch a wheel route for like a 20-yard touchdown. And, I mean, that play was really good. A Garoppolo bounce back, which is the most important thing. If Garoppolo can go back to being the really good quarterback he's potentially he has the potential to be, then I like Coleman even more. Now, Breida is the one that caught the wheel route, but that's a route that Tevin Coleman runs all the time, too. So that was just situationally, Brady was in the game at that point. I'm still not afraid of Coleman. Coleman is going to be the guy that gets the most carries in that backfield. Coleman is also a really good pass catcher. He'll be out there. He has the potential to be somewhat a three-down back. Well, he can be a three-down back. It's just they probably don't want to have him get get bumped and bruised around too much when they have other running backs on the roster that can do it. Long story short, I like Coleman in the flex. I'd be totally confident with that. Uh, the wide receivers, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, and Jarvis Landry. A.B. Is, is a headache. Hopefully, at this point, all the all the bullshit is gone now. He lost his second grievance over the helmet. Hopefully, we don't hear any more about this. Hopefully, he's just ready to play. Edelman with no Gronk. Edelman is going to be a really good play. You know, Edelman is the safety valve for Tom Brady. Josh Gordon coming back does hurt Edelman a little bit. And I say a little bit just because Edelman's still going to get around the same amount of targets. But 
in the red zone, if there was no Gordon and no Gronk, you might just see Edelman a little more on slants and some short routes trying to get him into the end zone. But with Gordon there, Gordon's going to be the guy in the red zone. So it's going to hurt Edelman's touchdown upside, but I think the receptions are still safe. So I like Edelman at the two. Landry, Landry's an interesting guy to draft this year because we all know Nick Chubb and Odell are there. Now, Odell, if Odell plays 16 games, you might as well pencil him in for like 13, 50, 11 or 12 touchdowns and just have a monster top five wide receiver year. That's going to free up Landry. Landry's going to see a lot of single coverage, and Landry's a really good possession receiver. So Landry, as a wide receiver two, I wouldn't feel good, but as a wide receiver three, you could definitely do worse. I don't mind him at the wide receiver three. And you got the Baker Mayfield. So you got a Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Cleveland stat. Probably not the stack you want. If you get Odell Baker, I feel fantastic about that. But it's still a stack nonetheless. So the times when Jarvis Landry does get the touchdown, which probably happened about four or five times, you have Baker, you play Jarvis those weeks, then you'll feel pretty good about it then. Uh, tight end Vance McDonald. I love me some Vance McDonald. Uh, he's going to get a ton of playing time. There's no other established tight ends on that roster. They kick Jesse James to the curb. Uh... Vance McDonald is going to get all the playing time he can handle. He's a big boy. He had he stiff-armed the soul out of a guy last year. So he shows that he has skill in the open fields when he's running with the ball. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably still going to throw the ball top five, probably over 600 times. So Vance McDonald is a very high upside tight end. So I am not mad at that at all. Now, all in all, I think this is a really solid roster. Couple little question marks with the running backs. I mean, Aaron Jones and Tevin Coleman, right now, they're not the sexiest names, but they're names that I'm not mad at. And then the wide receivers, I like the wide receivers. Landry at three, I think, is solid. The Baker stack, Vance McDonald, and the tight end. So I like this. I think this is a, a very well rounded team. I, uh, I like this team. Uh, I wrote down that the flex concerns me. I know you love Tevin Coleman, but I like Matt Breida. And they're both on the same team. It's going to be a committee over there. So the flex worries me. But, I mean, Tevin Coleman or, you know, it's a good enough for a flex, I guess. Love the Jarvis Landry as a receiver three. Uh, and what you're saying about Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, with the new coaching and the new playbook and, and how they're going to run that team down in Green Bay, it's going to be more dependent on one running back. I think they're going to get away from the committee. And the big difference between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones is that Aaron Jones for his career averages five and a half yards per carry. Jamal Williams is not. Well, I think Aaron Jones, if he stays healthy, will have a great season. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a solid team. All right, well, so yeah. I, well, hold on, well, one second. Just just to get back to the Grammy backfield, I agree with you that hopefully they go to more of a one running back setup. And the difference between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams for me. I said Aaron Jones is good. Joel Williams is not good. But they like him because they help they help keep Aaron Rodgers upright. And on third and short, they can give it to him and he can just bulldoze his way forward. I do think that Aaron Jones is gonna get more carries than he did last year. It's just the 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 durability and we just haven't seen the offense yet. So that's that's the only thing that raises an eyebrow for me. Alright, so moving on. Fantasy gun. Who is my opponent for week one, by the way? Uh, rolling out with Aaron Rodgers, Marlon Mack, Philip Lindsay, 
Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., Christian Kirk, flexing out Kalen Balazs, most likely. Tight end Zach Ertz. And on the bench, you got Adrian Peterson, Deion Lewis, and Golden Tate. All right, well, the first thing that sticks out is he has the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack. That is a fantastic stack to have. That's top three talking stacks. I like that stack. Um, the wide receivers, you get Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr. That That's a horrifying wide receiver core to go against. Though Those guys could finish number one and, like, number three in fantasy points among wide receivers. That's a great one, too. The running backs, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is a guy we don't necessarily know what's going to happen now without Andrew Luck. But I still like Marlon Mack, the player. It's just that bold prediction of 17 touchdowns. Now, that's very bold. So, I'm thinking those those touchdowns. I mean, I'm seeing Marlon Mack more for like eight or nine in an offense that's just not going to be have the firepower. But I do still like Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack at the one is a little more iffy than it would be. But you have Philip Lindsay at the two. I'm not a Philip Lindsay guy. Now, Philip Lindsay, he looked really good his last preseason game. Um, I think the fact that uh, oh, Theo Riddick got hurt, I think that's going to help keep Philip Lindsay to be more uh, more volatile than he would be. When Theo Riddick went there, I was kind of out on Lindsay at that point. Now, Lindsay at the two, I still don't feel good about. Uh, Lindsay in the flex at this point with the injury situations as it is, then I'd be I'd feel good about that. But Royce Freeman is going to get more work this year. Now, luckily, Royce Freeman, I mean, he had that one big play. I think it was week two in preseason. He ripped off like that 50-yard run. As, aside of that, I feel like every time I'm watching uh, – uh, every time I feel like I'm watching Royce Freeman run, he's, he's like getting smashed at the line of scrimmage. So that bodes well for Philip Lindsay. But I still don't feel great with Lindsay as the two, at the two. But having Devontae Adams and Odell, that's going to cost you. Now, interesting. Now, you said he has Zach Ertz. I mean, Zach Ertz, I mean, he's just, he's a big-time target guy. He's going to get a ton of receptions. I do see the touchdowns coming down a little bit from last year just because they have more options now. You got a healthy Alshon. You brought Deshaun Jackson back. So I can see the touchdowns taking a hit, but I think the targets and the receptions are still going to be there. I know a lot of people are loving Dallas Goddard, but unless Zach Ertz gets hurt, I don't see Goddard playing much of a big role this year. So I'm totally cool with the Zach Ertz pick. Um, you said his wide receiver three is Christian Kirk? Yes. I don't feel good about Christian Kirk. That offense, the Arizona offense, looks sputtering. Um, so I don't feel overly great about the Kirk pick, but... I mean, if anyone, if any receiver over there could pop, I think it could be Kirk just because he has the repertoire already with Kyler Murray. Uh, we just necessarily haven't seen that great of a connection on the pro level yet, so we'll see if they can work it out. Again, a lot of these offenses kind of haven't been living up to the billing in preseason so far, so I'm hoping once week one comes around, they start opening up the playbooks and these offenses can start doing better than they've been looking. So I don't feel great about Kirk as a three. Flexing Balage. <sighs> now, Balage is going to get a lot of the work. Kenny and Drake is back, though. Kenny and Drake's back at camp. So I don't think Drake's going to miss much time, if any. Um, Balage, it, it's tough because Balage, he's he's a big boy. Balage is a big dude. But he's on probably one of the worst offenses in the NFL. 
if not the worst, at least in the bottom three. So I don't see a scenario where they're going to be playing with a lead and can try to bleed the clock on the run game that often, if ever. So Balage, I mean, he's big. He looks decent. But with Kenyon Drake getting healthier, Balage is starting to worry me again. Now, I loved Balage like two weeks ago. But with, with what I've seen and how bad that offense looks and with Drake coming back, I don't know if Balage is going to be viable in the passing game. So I'm starting to be out on Balage a little bit. If I had this team and I was slicing Balage, I'd probably see what the interest was around the fantasy league, see if anyone's in on Balage still. And I'd probably try to sell him and to, to try to get something back in return. Because having Balage and Philip Lindsay as your two and your flex, that uh, that does not feel good. And it, it's really unfortunate, too, because you have two absolutely stellar wide receivers. So if the running back core was a little better, then I think this team would be borderline fantastic. So with the way that this team pans out, I'm going to assume he probably went... Well, he had to go Freeman Odell with the first and second picks. Mack had to be the third. And then I'm going to assume it was probably... Ertz and then Lindsay, or was it Lindsay and then Ertz? It was Ertz then Lindsay. Uh, side note about Fancy Guy's team was that he was the only guy in this draft that got receiver receiver. Okay, so if if there wasn't if there wasn't a lot of running backs after you took Mac, if there wasn't a lot of running backs left, then I can see going Ertz. But depending on who was on the board, I probably would have been more tempted to go with a better RB2 over Ertz and let Ertz slide and then just try to pick up like a Vance McDonald later in the draft. In hindsight, I think that would have been the play. But right now, I think the team is... uh, I, I think it's okay. I don't think it's the best. The wide receivers are fantastic. Well, except, the, except the Christian Kirk. <laughs> the top two of the three are absolutely fantastic. Running back core is shaky. Tight end is solid. So I think that overall, I think fantasy God's team is okay. I think that it could probably use a trade or two, a little, a little spit shine and polish, but it has the makings to be really solid. Yeah, I, uh, I mean that that duo receiver and the Devontae Adams Rogers stack is pretty nuts. And then adding Zach Ertz is great, but the running back core is not that great. Mama Mac, I don't like. Lindsay, I like as a flex. And Balaj is like a bench player to me. So overall, I mean, the teams are right, but the running back, you, uh, definitely those running backs might be an issue week one. We'll see. Moving on. Matt picked at nine. He has Carson Wentz, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Lucas Schuster, Stefan Diggs, Geronimo Allison. Flexing out Darius Geis, most likely. Tight end, O.J. Howard. And then a few bench players, Royce Freeman, Deshaun Jackson, Kyle Murray. Okay. Um, I, I love the one-two punch at running back. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. I think that's a really, really, really solid one and two. Sony Michelle looks great. I know a lot of Patriots fans out there, there. Well, not Patriot fans, I guess. But a lot of fantasy fans were cringing their teeth. During the uh, during the Panthers game to see uh, 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 James Devlin fucking score another touchdown at the one yard line, oh man, that pisses you off as a Sony Michelle owner. 
But I mean, Sony had a crack at it. He he couldn't get it in there at the one yard line. They brought in the big bulldozer and they did a fake to Sony and then ran it to Devlin up the gut. That happened about four times last year, and every single time, uh, I'm pretty sure I smashed my head on like a wall because it's like, dude, just give it, give the ball to Sony, let him get it in there. So that hurts me a little bit, but I am still all in on Sony Michelle, especially if they can use him in the pass game more. Now the Patriots aren't going to open up their playbook. They're not going to show you that Sonny Michelle can catch the ball now. They're not going to show you that in preseason. But the reports out of camp from the beat writers are that Sony was all over the field being put in the slot, and he was catching a ton of balls. So I'm going to trust the beat reporters that he's being used more in the passing game, and I think Sonny Michelle is going to beat his ADP, which is in the fourth round. So I do like Sony a lot as the RB2. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Stephon Diggs, and Geronimo Allison. Now, I love Juju. Juju has all the tools and talent to be a top five wide receiver, especially with no, uh, I almost said Odell, especially with no Antonio Brown there and Le'Veon Bell. There's going to be more targets. Now, is Juju going to get all the targets? No. But he got a ton of them last year, and there's only one way they're going to go target-wise. They're going to go up. They're not going to come down. So Juju is going to get a ton of opportunity to show the world that he's an elite wide receiver. And one of the big things about Juju is he's a fantastic red zone receiver. He gets a ton of his touchdowns from the red zone, which Antonio Brown was actually quite the opposite. Antonio Brown got a lot of his touchdowns from outside the red zone. Juju was the red zone weapon. Now, I feel like the only weapons he's going to be fighting with are James Conner around the goal line and Vance McDonald, just because Vance McDonald is a humongous human being. But I don't see anybody threatening, really, Juju's touchdowns. I think Juju is a pretty safe 10-touchdown guy. And I think the yardage is going to be there. So I like Juju a lot. So, so far, uh, I like the running backs. Well, the the starting running backs. And I like the wide receivers. Diggs. (sighs) Everybody talks about Diggs or Thielen. Diggs or Thielen. I, I I honestly just okay with whichever one gets back to me. Having Diggs as your wide receiver, too. I do like, I do like feeling a little more, but Diggs is a solid, solid wide receiver too. So you can't be mad at that. His wide receiver three though, this is where it gets interesting. He went Geronimo Allison. Now at this point in the draft, uh, I don't know what round he took him in. What round did he take Geronimo in? He took Geronimo at eight, four and MVS went at nine, 10. Okay. So in, in my opinion me that was a mistake and I still like Marquez Valdez scaling over Geronimo Allison now Allison is going to be in the slot check Aaron Rodgers completion percentage to the slot is astronomical check Randall Cobb looked great check but Marquez Valdez scaling and Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison all three of them I don't necessarily unless you think Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back to the form he was in about three four years ago I don't see three wide receivers being starting fantasy options back when it was like the the Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones. I don't see that coming back. So really it comes down to your personal preference with Allison or MVS. Now, Allison looked great when he was playing last year, but when he was playing last year, he was more on the outside and Valdez Scanling wasn't even really getting it. Then when Allison went down, MVS stepped into MVS has some big-time flash games where he won you weeks some weeks, and then other weeks he totally let you down. All the all the hype out of camp 
uh, MVS has been getting more of the hype, but Allison is still a solid guy. So I feel like Allison might be a quote unquote safer play, but the upside play, I believe, is going to be Marquez Valdez scaling. So if I was drafting and I was at that point, you said he took Allison at the 8 4, I probably, mm, I probably would have waited a round or two, and then I probably would have tried to get uh, Valdez Scanling, or if I took Allison, maybe i go Valdez Scanling in like the 10th round, or 9th round, or wherever he was taking, and try to get both, and then play whichever ones end up ends up breaking out. So, the wide receiver three, I think Allison will be okay, but I just think that he probably could have got better upside. Um, who did you say his flex was? Uh, most likely Darius Gates. All right, Darius Geis is, is another interesting one, but also a big question mark because we, have, we haven't seen Geis take a snap in a real NFL game yet. Now, did you see him when he played in his first preseason game? How did he look? He looked pretty solid. I think he had 44 yards on uh, maybe like eight or nine carries, something like that. He, he looked pretty solid. See, so, I mean, that's not, that's not so bad. It doesn't really... Stand out now. To be honest, I didn't see the Redskins game, so I missed how he looked. But statistically wise, that's okay. I mean, he could have had some plays called back. We don't necessarily know, but the fact that he was able to complete a preseason game, even if it was only eight or nine carries, I mean, that's an accomplishment right there. So if he can prove that he's not now, he's already getting labeled as an injury-prone guy. I feel like it might be a little unfair. Let's give the kid a chance. So. If he can play and he can stay healthy, the offense is still going to suck, which is always going to limit Geis' upside. He's not going to be able to have a big-time touchdown a year. He does have Peterson there. Peterson is healthy. Peterson had over 1,000 yards last year. So Peterson's proven he can still handle it too. So are we going to be looking at like a committee between those two? Plus, you can't forget that Chris Thompson's back, and he's a proven pass schedule. So they're going to use him in passing situations. Maybe not all of them, if guys can prove he can catch the rock. But uh, all of a sudden, that Redskins backfield is kind of crowded. So, guys in the flex, some weeks you'll feel great about it. Other weeks, I think you're going to be swearing at the TV when you see Adrian Peterson ripping off like a 50-yard touchdown run. So, guys in the flex, I think to start the year, you won't feel great about it. But who knows, by midseason, you might feel awesome about it. So I think Geis is a nice, nice risk reward kind of pick. Now, where, what round did he take Geis? He took Geis the sixth fourth one. Okay, so so I mean that that's a pretty decent value. He usually goes in like the mid fifth, early sixth. So he got him right where he's been going. And with all the running backs you said that got taken early in the draft, then Geis at the sixth floor was probably a good pick. So. I mean, all in all, I don't think that that's a very, very bad flex at all. I think that's that could be pretty good. Tight end, I love me some O.J. Howard. I think I have O.J. Howard as, like, my tight end four right after the big three. Him and Evan Ingram are neck and neck with me, but I do love me some O.J. Howard if he can stay healthy in that offense. I think he could be good. Um, the difference between him and Ingram is pretty obvious. O.J. Howard is battling Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and... Uh, Evan Ingram is battling who? Sterling Shepard with a broken finger. Golden Tate after four weeks. Like Evan Ingram's going to have 
his absolute moment to shine in the first four weeks. So we'll see what he can do with it. So I do still like OJ Howard, though. I have OJ Howard ranked slightly over Ingram. Might be a little biased because I like that Tampa offense. But I'm not mad at the OJ Howard pick. Um, Carson Wentz. I mean, we all know Carson Wentz is has MVP caliber potential. We'll see if he can stay healthy enough to do it, but I'm not afraid of Carson Wentz. So I like Wentz as the quarterback. Uh, Royce Freeman on the bench. I mean, he he's a good he's a good draft and stash play. We don't know what it's going to look like with Philip Lindsay over there yet. I mean, everyone I even mentioned a little while ago that I like Freeman to get some more touches and Philip Lindsay's touches have kind of come down a little bit. So we'll see how it plays out because Royce Freeman hasn't exactly earned more snaps with his preseason performance outside of that one long run. Then Deshaun Jackson. I like Deshaun Jackson on the bench. Um, I should mention that there will be weeks when I prefer Deshaun Jackson over Geronimo Allison, especially with having Carson Wentz. So that stack and having D-Jax as your wide receiver three, I think could be weak winning. I mean, you connect on one of those long balls and he already, he already made the week. And Wentz loves throwing that deep ball. And Sean Jackson still has the burner speed to get it done. So if I was starting this team, I'd actually be tempted to start Deshaun Jackson over Allison, me personally. But all in all, I think it's a, I think it's a solid team. Uh, the only question marks, like I said, is will Geis pan out? And then the battle of the wide receiver three and trying to get those two guys right between Jackson and Allison. But overall, I think it's a pretty solid team. Yeah, I like Matt's team. Uh, I feel the same way about the flex. I, I think Geist, if Geist is the starter and if Peterson either is going to get phased out or, or you know, he gets hurt, whatever, I, I think Geist could be a beast. But as long as Peterson's in that backfield, it's going to limit his ceiling. Uh, no, I, I like Matt's team. He uh, kind of screwed me a little bit at the 3-9 when he took Sony. Uh, I was definitely going to try to get Sony in my flex. But uh, he kind of smashed him on me. But uh, no, nah, the Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle combo is pretty solid. I like that Juju and the Stefan Diggs combo. That's pretty good, too. So, uh, yeah, overall, uh, pretty solid team for me. So, picking out a 10 spot. It's major used. All right, so he goes Cam Newton, James Conner, James White, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen, Robbie Anderson. Flex now, Austin Eckler, tight end Greg Kittle. And on the bench, you're looking at Dante Pettis, MBS, and Justin Jackson. Uh, I can already tell you from the top, just saying you run it down, I'm going to like Major U's team. Now, the running backs, the running backs look like they're going to be the question mark. James Conner, locked and loaded RB1, no problem with it. RB2 and flex, James White, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is going to be as good as long as, long as Melvin Gordon stays away. If Melvin Gordon misses like eight to ten weeks, which is definitely a possibility, or even if he gets traded, I mean, we don't know. But Austin Eckler is going to be definitely a usable fantasy asset until we know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon comes back week four, you might as well just—I mean, you hold Austin Eckler, but you could drop him. Like that's how little he'll be used if Melvin Gordon comes back, or when he comes back. But for now, Austin Eckler, I think he's a decent RB two and a great flex. Um, James White. James White in a half-point PPR. I mean, I think he'll be pretty... The touchdowns won't be the same that they were last year. Uh, Sony Michelle, if he can get a little piece of that passing game, that's going to hurt James White. Um, 
I don't, so I don't feel confident with James White as the RB2. I'm kind of curious where he drafted him. Uh, I took James White at the 5'10". Yeah, see, the 5'10 for James White, I feel like that... Uh, I don't know, because you, you said the ton of running backs went. I feel like that's a little early for James White. If it was a full point PPR, I wouldn't really have an issue with it there. But in the half point, touchdowns come down. I'm not a big fan of James White as the RB2. I think he's more of a flex. But you could argue Eckler could jump into the RB2, White down to the flex. And then that's not as bad looking. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen. I think that's a really solid one, too. Again, you got to pick. Do you like Thielen or do you like Diggs? I feel like Thielen is more the possession receiver. I feel like Diggs is more the high upside receiver. So I like pairing Tyreek Hill with Thielen because well, actually, because I feel like Thielen is is rock solid safe and Tyreek Hill is boom or bust, even though Tyreek Hill usually booms as opposed to busting. So I feel like Adam Thielen is like a good chaser to the risk of Tyreek Hill. So I'm not mad at that one-two com- one, combo. I actually like that a lot. George Kittle, you know I love me some George Kittle. I haven't been able to get any George Kittle yet because the price still bothers me. Uh, you got him in the fourth round. I'm going to assume if you went James White in the fifth. I mean, you probably you probably had to go James White there because you took Kittle in the fourth. So I love me some Kittle. I like the one-two at wide receiver. The R- Oh, in the RB, uh, the wide receiver three, Robbie Anderson. I like that too. I was, we were just talking about the Jets offense and how they look better than advertised. So I have no problem with Robbie Anderson as your wide receiver three. I actually like that a lot. So that receiving court, Tyreek, Thielen, and Anderson, very solid. Running backs, pretty decent. Tight end, great. Uh, quarterback, Cam Newton. Mm, I mean, Cam Newton, he got banged up, but they're saying that he's going to be probable for week one. So we're not going to see any more Cam Newton in preseason, but – he should be fine for week one. So I have no issues with Cam. Like I said, Cam Newton, if he stays healthy and plays 16 games, he always finishes as a top four quarterback. So I still do like Cam. So then you got Pettis and MVS on the bench. We were just talking about MVS. And it looks like he also drafted Justin Jackson, which I think is good to pair with Eckler. Just in case the off chance Justin Jackson gets more of the workload and Austin Eckler turns a little bit more into the passing downs back. I know towards the end of last year, that's kind of how it played out. Justin Jackson started getting more touches. And at the goal line, uh, Eckler couldn't get into the end zone and fumbled it. And then they brought in Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson punched it in for six. So, I mean, I think Justin Jackson is a guy that people are sleeping on. He's even going undrafted in some leagues. I think you should definitely take a flyer on him because there is a chance. There is a world. There is a scenario where Justin Jackson could get the bulk of the carries over there for the Chargers. So, I do like getting both of those guys late. So all in all, I think this is a I think this is a pretty solid team. The running backs could use a little work with the James White and Eckler, but they're just it's not the sexy names. But all in all, they're gonna be productive. Everyone on this team is gonna be productive. I feel like there isn't really much weakness on this team, but I feel like the upside is a little capped with the James White and then the they're just the unknown about the Austin Eckler. AJ? I think my favorite part of the, this team is the trio receiver. You got the Tyreek Hill, Thielen, Robbie Anderson combo. That's nice. I like Eckler and the flex. I feel like James White's more of a flex, but having him at the RB2, it could be all right, but there's going to be weeks where we have a run-heavy scheme 
and James White doesn't get that many touches. So you really don't have to. Overall, aside of the running back situation, I think this team's pretty smart. All right, so now going to the 11th spot, Yellow Mike goes your boy, Jameis Winston, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, D.D. Westbrook, flexing out Miles Sanders, uh, Evan Ingram at tight end, and then you got Rashad Penny, Dante Moncrief, and Alexander Madison. Okay, so the first thing that sticks out with this team, my first thought initially is this team has some problems. <laughs> but the problem isn't Jameis Winston. I love me some Jameis. Flame of Jameis, baby, let's get it. Now, I would have loved to have heard you say when you get to the wide receivers, either Mike Evans or Godwin, I would have loved to hear some kind of Jameis stack. Didn't hear that. So that makes me a little sad on the inside. Inside, I'm crying a little. But I do like me some Jameis. Um, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook's been getting a ton of hype. D.D. Westbrook looks fantastic in preseason right now. D.D. Westbrook looks like he's going to run away with the wide receiver job over there. And I have to move D.D. Westbrook up my draft boards. He's a guy I kind of regret not having any share of at this point just because he looks so good in that offense. Love me some D.D. And as a wide receiver three, feeling it. Love it. Julio Jones, Mari Cooper. Amari Cooper, I mean, how, how do you feel about the plantar fasciitis? That's what it comes down to. It, they're saying it's an injury you can play through, but it hurts like a son of a bitch when you're playing. So we'll see what Amari Cooper's pain tolerance is because we all know how annoying it's going to be on Sunday at 12.50, and it comes out that Cooper is not going to play because the plantar fasciitis hurts too much. So they're saying this is an injury that's going to come and go, but it's pretty much going to be there no matter what. So Cooper... I'm not as high on Cooper today as I was before this injury came out. But as your wide receiver, too, um, I mean, it's not bad. I think he'll still be productive. I just think that his upside might not be as high as we were hoping it would be. Julio Jones is probably going to lead the league in receiving yards. Hopefully he can get more than, like, six touchdowns. And he'll prove that he should be the top three wide receiver, which he's been for a very long time. So I like the wide receivers. Running backs. Dalvin Cook at the one. Dalvin Cook. AJ, how good did Dalvin Cook look in preseason? You see that fucking monster run he ripped off? I think Dalvin Cook is uh, one of those players where if he can stay healthy and play 16 games, he could be a top five back. But due to his injury history, it doesn't seem likely he's going to stay on the field the whole time. Yeah, but Dalvin Cook looked great. When I saw that run, the highlight popped up on my phone. Bing! Dalvin Cook, like 84-yard touchdown run. I was like, yeah, all right. I, I must have misread that. There must have been like a blown tackle. I watched it, and oh, boy, did he look fast. So, but then again, like you said, Dalvin Cook, he's he's risky because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And can't help but notice that he paired that with Melvin Gordon, who is not on the field. So the running backs could be good, but they are a big-time question mark right now. Um, I am a little curious where Melvin Gordon got drafted in your draft. Melvin Gordon went at the 4-2. Okay, so the fourth round, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, it would have been nice if he could have got uh, Eckler. I probably would have made a point to make sure to land Eckler and just kind of ride Eckler until Melvin Gordon comes back, if he comes back. Well, but... interestingly enough about that, at the... So, Yellow Mike was picking at the 6-2. Took Miles Sanders. Eckler went at the 
Oh, all right. So I think I don't know how Yellow Mike feels about that. Maybe he forgot about Eckler, but if if that was me, I would have made a point to take Eckler there. I feel like that's like the handcuff of all handcuffs right now. I feel like you kind of need that. So that I think was a mishap on Yellow Mike's part. I think he probably went Eckler. Now I do like Miles Sanders. Don't get me wrong. We talked about Miles Sanders already, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I do think Miles Sanders by the end of the year could work his way up to being a potential RB too. Um, but Eckler, I feel like Eckler is probably the building block you want when you draft Melvin Gordon. Um, yeah, uh, Evan Ingram, we already talked about. I like Ingram. I think Ingram is going to be a top five tight end pretty easily. And for the first four weeks with no Golden Tate, I think Ingram is going to get fed so many targets. He's not even going to know what to do with them anymore. He might find himself trying to do these like Odell type catches just to spice it up because he's going to get targeted like fucking 10 or 12 times a game. Um, so the running backs, Cook, you can't play Gordon yet. So if All right, so let's say Gordon holds out for the first 10 weeks. You're going to have to go Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders. And then maybe flex Rashad, uh, Rashad Penny. So that's a problem. If Melvin Gordon comes back, plays week one, then you're looking good. But I feel like this team it has a couple big risks, and I feel like you didn't necessarily uh, like take care of the spots you probably should have with like the Austin Eckler situation. That's going to bother me. But outside of that, I like the wide receivers. Dalvin Cook looks good. But, yeah, the Melvin Gordon, Miles Sanders, Sean Penny, uh, I'm not feeling great about that. Now, he did get Alexander Madison, which is really smart for Dalvin Cook. So he, he handcuffed that one, but you probably should have handcuffed at both of them. That's my one knock on this thing. Yeah, uh, I, I made a point during the, uh, during the draft in the chat. I think Alexander Madison was probably my favorite pick on anybody else's team during the whole process because I am very high in Alexander Madison. I've been since day one and it's for good, good reason. He looked great in preseason. He's huge. He's a big physical running back. Uh, I think he's going to have a role even if Dalvin Cook stays healthy. But if Dalvin Cook was to go down, having Alexander Madison, I think that would... You, you don't lose that much. I know Dalvin Cook's a great player, but Madison will come in and play very well. Uh... Yeah, but I mean, if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy 16 games and Melvin Gordon doesn't hold out too many games, probably got the best duo running back in the league, I would think. And then the three receivers I love, Julio, Cooper, and D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook, I mean, his ADP right now is so much value there. Like, this guy looks great preseason. He's clearly the number one option on offense at the receiver spot. Uh, and Evan Ingram is going to get so many targets. Like he may, Evan Ingram might break the record for targets by tight end. So I think I think Yellow Mike did very well. Um, there's just risk at quarterback with Jameis. I'm not a Jameis guy, obviously. And uh, Melvin Gordon also. There's a lot of risk there with the holdout. All right, so moving on to the 12th spot. Yours truly. Going with Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, Mark Ingram in the flex, Jared Cook at tight end, 
And then a few bench players, Daryl Henderson to handcuff Gurley, Michael Gallup, and Nikhil Harry. Oh, boy. All right, let's talk about this one. So you are obsessed with Michael Thomas this year. I'm just going to get that out of the way right off top. So your wide receivers are the, is the big red flag for me, and it's because A.J. Green is probably going to miss the first month of the season. So that means that the first month, you're going to be rocking with, like, a Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Nikhil Harry? Like that? Uh, I'm going Gallup. I'm going Gallup. Okay. Uh, either way. I mean, whichever one you want. Michael, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Gallup. That is not great. Now, now Emmanuel Sanders was on my buy or sell. I'm glad to see that he bought. <laughs> um, Emmanuel Sanders, I think he'll be – I think Emmanuel Sanders is a good wide receiver three. I wouldn't feel great about him as my two. And Michael Gallup, having to start Michael Gallup, I don't feel good about that. Um, if Amari Cooper was going to miss like X amount of weeks because of the plantar fasciitis, which we don't know. I'm assuming he will miss a game or two here and there, but we won't know for sure when that is. So I don't feel good about starting Michael Gallup at all. But again, you only got to, you just, you got to, you got to stay afloat until AJ Green comes back. When A.J. Green comes back and you have Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, and Emmanuel Sanders, that's solid. That's great. But for the first four weeks or however much time A.J. Green misses, it's going to hurt. Now, with A.J. Green, you also got to worry about when he comes back, will he be the same? That's a question that a lot of people have because we don't know how he's going to respond to this injury. He's in his early 30s now. He still has Andy Dolan on a bad offense. When he comes back, I think when he comes back, it'll probably take him a week or two to get back to where he's supposed to be. But there is a world where he comes back and he just doesn't look good, or maybe he re-injures it. So I think the wide receiver core is is flimsy, and I feel like it's one straw away from breaking the camel's back. So I think you're really you're riding close to the chest with the, uh, with the wide receivers. The running backs. Todd Gurley, I'm going to assume, it's safe to assume you got Todd Gurley with the first pick in the second round, right? Yeah. Yep, so uh, I'm pretty sure in, in our league, I think Gurley might have went in, in the first round, like the mid to late first. So you, you guys were a little more scared off of Gurley than we were. I'm curious to see how far Gurley would have fell if you didn't take him at the uh, at the 2-1. I wonder how far he would have made it into the second round. But with Gurley, Gurley's a question mark because if the Rams are playing with a lead, He's probably not going to be on the field all that much because they're going to try to conserve him so they don't run into the same problem they ran into last year. So the Gurley thing is uh, he's an interesting, potentially headache kind of player to own this year. But you can't argue with Todd Gurley, the player. I mean, he's been the best running back in football for like the past three years. The dude's an absolute animal. It's just you really want him to be on the field as much as possible. Derrick Henry at the two. I know you like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's back in camp, so that's a good sign. Looks like it's all signs go. Now, his half-point PPR, it hurts him a tad because he's going to catch, like, maybe 10 balls this year. Maybe 15 if you're lucky. So he's going to hurt you in that aspect. But if the Titans go to their plan A and they're like, we're going to run him into the ground because is his contract year and he can get, like, 22 to 25 carries a game, then he's going to put up numbers for you, and he'll be a good RB2. Bad RB1, but he'll be a good RB2. Mark Ingram in the flex. We talked about the buy or sell. You are high on him. You were trying to sell him to me, and I was not 
having it just because I'm not confident with that backfield and Lamar Jackson and the whole Baltimore offense. So I'm not an Ingram guy. I know you are. So you go with your guys. Can't be mad at you taking your guy. And you probably go, what, when did you get Ingram? Like, uh, what pick? I took Ingram at the 4-1. Yeah, so Ingram was like the leftover from that massive uh, round three running back run. So there probably wasn't much even available at that point when you took Ingram. So can't be mad at taking Ingram there. He seemed like the, the left out commodity. So not mad at the Ingram pick there. Uh, Jared Cook, I know when, when you made that pick, I remember you sent me a screenshot. The chat kind of blew up. <laughs> so that made, that made me happy that the Jared Cook thing is still going strong. So uh, that, that made me happy to see everyone was uh, was calling you out on it. Everyone seemed to be waiting for it. So that's pretty funny. The You took Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees is interesting. Drew Brees was hot last year. Kind of feels that towards the end of the year once they just started giving a rock to Kamara and Ingram more. Um the Saints in their week three preseason game, Drew Brees looked fucking locked in. Like he looks fantastic per usual. I know he hit Michael Thomas on that nice touchdown in the back corner of the end zone in double coverage. The Saints offense isn't going to have an issue. Saints offense is going to be rolling. So going with Drew Brees, Jared Cook, and Michael Thomas, as it is a lot of Saints, those are like high value priorities on the Saints. Uh, Jared Cook, we don't know how much he's going to be used. I know he's been standing out in camp. We know that he can get in the end zone. Michael Thomas has never been a big touchdown guy, so it's possible that they could use Kamara and Thomas to get down the field. And then when they get into the red zone, it could be queued up for Jared Cook time. We don't necessarily know that yet, but I think you're you're pretty much married to a top five scoring offense, so you can't be mad at that. Um, and you handcuffed Todd Gurley with Daryl Henderson, which is good. Now, a lot of people feel that uh, that Brown is going to be the backup for Todd Gurley. So that's a guy you might want to look into picking up if he's available, and I'm sure he probably is. That's a guy I might consider picking up in case he does turn out to be the backup. But outside of that, I think it's a I think the running backs, the running backs and part of the receivers are good. I think in four weeks, I think this team could be very good. But until AJ Green comes back, you need to hope that you can at least go like two and two to start the year. You do not want to start off like 0 and 4 because then you could be in a lot of trouble. And when AJ Green comes back, it could possibly be too late. So I, th- I think I think your team at some point in the season could be great. But to start the year, I think you can have some problems. I think uh, now to defend to defend my Michael Gallup pick, right? I wasn't that high on Michael Gallup at all, but watching that last preseason game, honestly, the Cowboys game, he looked ridiculous. He had he would have had two touchdowns, one good callback. Uh, is pretty good. He's a big body receiver, so I think Gallup is going to be fine as my receiver three. Uh, unfortunately, Sanders will have to be my receiver too until AJ Green comes back. But um, yeah, the, I, I love having the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Jack Cook connection. The old double stack—that's always nice. And uh, I think Daryl Henderson. If you—if anybody takes Todd Gurley, you need to get Daryl Henderson. 
Malcolm Brown actually did get drafted. He got drafted in the twelfth round. So I'm not worried about Malcolm Brown at all, to be honest. Daryl Henderson, he's looked good. He's big. He's physical. He's fast. He can he can catch the ball. Uh, he looks like a very very high upside rookie. It's just he's behind Gurley. So if Gurley does go down, they rest him. I'll be able to just plug in Henderson, and I'll be fine with that. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't agree on Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram is going to be the definition of a bell cow in in Baltimore with a very, very run-heavy offense. They're probably going to be the most run-heavy offense in the league. And Mark Ingram is going to be the head of that. So I, I like having Ingram in the flex. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like... Here. I, I'm coming around and talk early. I couldn't pass him up at the 2 1. I thought maybe Dalvin Cook. Well, one one long touchdown run wasn't enough for me to draft him ahead of Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's been the number one back like three years in a row, so or two years in a row at least. So I, I can't, I couldn't pass up Todd Gurley at the 2 1. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's the last team. Uh, like I told you, I feel like everybody has a pretty good team, it's a pretty level playing ground. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting year. Yep. Uh, so obviously I'm over here representing the FFC 50 league and the, the, my final thought on your guys draft is everybody did fine, but boy, you guys had a couple of reaches in there. <laughs> the Montgomery and Carson specifically that, that was a little nutty to me when, when you told me those, I was like, wow. So you guys, you guys in the FFC 20 over there, you guys be reaching a little bit. I mean, you can't even lie. You can't say no to that. But overall, you guys did pretty good. I'm curious to see who's going to make it out on top over there. Yeah, it's going to be very highly competitive. Uh, we already got some trash talk going between the leagues. We got some trash talk from our week one opponents. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook, but uh, they're coming hot with the trash talk, so. Well, uh, hope they're ready for Jared Cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what you want. You want your leagues to be competitive. So I'm glad that you guys have a competitive one. And as the year progresses, we will be checking in on both of our listener leagues and uh, going over some scores and some weekly winners and stuff like that. So make sure you guys are staying active with your leagues because they will be brought up pretty consistently on our show. Yeah, they're definitely going to. We're going to do weekly recaps. We're going to talk about the best picks, uh, the best waiver wire moves, who did what, when they did it, why they did it. It's going to be fun. We're going to be keeping up with the whole season. Yep. So uh, before we sign off, I just wanted to let you guys know, in case you were interested, AG and I, we're we're in a uh, we're in a pro-am league. It's me and him, me and AJ, we're drafting one roster against 13 other fantasy football experts. It is a it's a uh, best ball type format where you start one quarterback, you got one super flex, and you got 14 flex spots to play whatever you want. It's kind of crazy. Tight ends get a full point PPR. Everybody else gets a half point PPR. Um, it's an eight-hour timer. It's a slow draft because the experts are all over the world. So the draft's going very slow right now. We're a few rounds in. And if that's something you guys want us to keep you up to date on as we progress through this slow draft for the next couple weeks, make sure you guys let us know in the Facebook group or on Twitter. I didn't plug those, so I'll do that here. The Facebook group, you just go to the group tab, you search up Fantasy Football Champs Podcast, 
and you'll see us. You'll recognize the logo or just type in Sleeperwire and you can also find us that way. Um, the Twitter, make sure you guys are following champs underscore podcast. Instagram, search up fantasy underscore champs. Uh, I'm Mark. That is EJ. That is going to do it for today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Good luck to everyone in the listener leagues.